It's Radiothon time again at 3CR. This year marks 40 years of Radical Radio at 3CR and we're asking you to keep us on air for another 40 years by donating your money to 3CR's Radical Radiothon. June the 6th to the 19th, call us on 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Enjoy your podcast. Hi, my name is Rolf de Heer. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Showreel, uh, 3CR's look at... Uh, Australian film industry and other moving images that uh, people of creative bent present to us as uh, members of their particular audience. And uh, thank you very much for those people who contributed to Showreel's Radiothon tally. We've still got a bit to go and uh, as a result of that we're going to do a, a film screening night at 3CR on July the 28th. We're going to be showing Fallout which is uh, Lawrence Johnson's film about uh, the making of... Uh, uh, looking at Melbourne during the period when they made the uh, shot uh, on the beach, uh, looking at Neville Shute, looking at Melbourne, looking at the movie stars that came, as well as the issue of uh, nuclear warfare and uh, at the period, 1959. It's a great uh, film and uh, I'll be telling you more about that and hopefully inviting you... Um, encouraging you to come to 3CR, see the station that uh, we are, as well as uh, coming and seeing a great film and uh, meeting some other people who are showreel devotees. Uh, Today we're going to be uh, looking at Melbourne's Documentary Film Festival. Now this is a new festival. It's the only Australian competitive documentary film festival. It's the very first in Australia and it's all being hosted in Melbourne. It's going to be over three days, Saturday the 9th of July 2006. That's this year. 9th of July, 10th of July and the 11th of July. That's Saturday, Sunday and Monday in uh, the early part of July. It's going to be at the Howler Art Space, which is 7 to 11 Dawson Street, Brunswick, and uh, tickets are on sale now uh, via Mosh Tick. That's www.moshtix.com.au. And uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be profiling some of uh, the filmmakers that have made films that are actually screening over the uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. And as I said, it is a competitive uh, film festival. It's got 18 
uh, categories, award categories, and they're going to be known as the Oz Stars. So things like Best International Documentary, Supreme Jury Prize Winner, Best Australian Documentary, Best Australian Short, Best International Short, Best Music Documentary. So there's a a broad range that's going to be offered and it's going to start at 12pm and run to 12am each day. That's the 9th of July, 10th of July, 11th of July. And it is incredibly competitively priced. Very nice for anybody who uh, doesn't have a lot of money. This is the festival to go to. Uh, as I said, we're going to be profiling a couple, of, a couple, of, three, in fact, of the filmmakers who are going to be uh, screening. And today we're going to be talking to Nick Backler, who has made a film called Inside Fighter. And uh, later we're going to talk to the fellows behind The Coffee Man. And uh, then we're going to talk to the wonderful woman who made a film called Spoke. She rode 5,000 miles across America to get across the uh, uh, the um, message that, uh, one, America likes to kill its uh, cyclists faster than any other country in the world, and uh, also that actually bicycling can be fun. So um, that's over the next few weeks, but... Uh, have a look at the uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival program and you'll find that there's lots of things there for you. The, uh, the Before we do go on to our interview with uh, Nick Backler, we'll um, first tell you that there are, it's an opportunity to go off and see uh, a film called League of Exotic Dancers. It's an event screening. It's not an ordinary screening. It's going to be on tomorrow night at uh, the West Garth in Northcote. Uh, It's the League of Exotic Dancers and it's going to feature a drink on arrival, an intro and Q&A with the film's director and you will be entertained by various members of the Bottoms Up Burlesque School. So if you're interested, there are a couple of double passes. So give us a call on 94198377. All you need to do is leave your name, give two names and... uh, uh, you'll be on the door. So nine four one nine eight three seven seven, courtesy of Hot Docs at Palace and Three uh, CR. As I said, this is Three CR with Annie on Showreel. My name's Molly Reynolds, and I make documentaries like Another Country, and I support Three CR because it is a radio station that once you start listening to, you can't stop. Yeah, Molly Reynolds is completely right. So let's move on to have our little chat with Mick, Nick Backler, who's a lovely fellow, and his film. We're talking about his uh, first film. It's a uh, first film as a filmmaker, as opposed to an actor. It's called Inside Fighter. Okay, so we're uh, having a chat with uh, Nick Backler. That's right, and uh, we're talking about his film Inside Fighter. Now, you were telling me that actually you don't have a background in filmmaking. You are an actor, but you've got no background in filmmaking. So tell me about how this film came about. Um, I was training in a boxing gym to stay fit. I've always enjoyed boxing and following it. And, uh, and I met Frank Laporto, the, the boxer who the film focuses on in the gym. And we became friends, and then um, in becoming friends, he told me that he was sort of uh, he was in the, he just he just won a big fight, and he that had put him into the top fifteen in the world in the light middleweight division. And his dream, like all boxers in that position, was to fight for a world title. Um, and then, kind of out of the blue, he got a phone call 
he called me to say that he had been offered a world title fight in America, but it was in five weeks' time, and he hadn't been in hard training prior to that. The The opponent who was going to fight the undefeated champion broke his hand in training, and they needed an, an opponent. So they contacted Frank's management. They offered him the fight with five weeks' um, notice. Frank called me up, and I, I knew he hadn't been in really hard training, so I said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm taking the fight. I said, well, I'd love to film it. Uh, and he said, all right, I'll be in the gym tomorrow. So did, did he ring you because he knew you had a, a, a theatrical background or some sort of connection to, say, filmmaking? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Because um, this is about word of mouth, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been an actor for 15 plus years and he he knew that. But I was also interested in uh, making a documentary about him anyway, because I knew that he was on the fringes of kind of getting a world title shot, but he was also at the end of his career. So there was it was interesting to me in terms of, you know, all professional boxers hope to fight and win a world title. But I was I was aware that time was running out for Frank, and I thought that would be an interesting subject of a guy who may or may not get a, a shot at a, a you know childhood dream. So why did you want to make a film, and why did you want to go behind the camera? Um. I think for me, after acting in a number of films and TV shows and theatre, I've always been more interested in the story than just the role. So, so the stories, is, I think I'm most interested in being a storyteller. So as an actor, you're part of telling the story. But I definitely, over the years, started to think, you know, there's some stories that I'd love to tell also. Um, and when I met Frank, he's a very gentle guy and very warm and humble. And a lot of boxers you see are really, um, their public persona anyway is kind of brash and extroverted. And Frank was the opposite of that. But he's a very tough, hard-hitting boxer. So that uh, the differences in that really interested uh, interested me. And I, I thought he would be an interesting subject for a film. Now, so you had no technical skills? Zero. So no, tell me about zero. that journey. Um, <laughs> that journey was... You're called courageous, mate. <laughs> That's great. That's Na- good. Naive, naive, I think. But, I mean, look, the thing is, if there'd been a long preparation, you know, if there'd been time to have a long build-up, I would have got a professional cameraman and a sound recordist and, and all that sort of stuff. But I just, there, there was no time. Um, you know, Frank called me and said he'll be in the gym the next day. So I called my brother. He's a photographer. I said, could I borrow your 5D camera? He said, for how long? I said, five weeks. He wasn't too happy about it, but he gave it to me. Um, And then I rigged it up with some sound gear that I borrowed from a friend who was a director. And then I stayed up all night trying to work out how to use it, you know, Um, and anyone that's used it. Now, this particular camera is Mm. a still camera, but also a motion camera. That's right. And so you've shot shot it on all on that, the whole film? Yep, yep. I had one day where I got a a professional cameraman to uh, come in and shoot some stuff in the gym before we left for America. Um, And he shot... I, th- I think he shot on a red, yeah, he re- shot on a, a red camera. Um, you can probably notice because it's the nicest looking stuff in the film. But uh, but no, it was just me. The the 5D camera is primarily a stills camera, but also has a really strong video component. So so people are shooting feature films on it now. Um, it's and quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, like it, it, it sort of it was just learn as you go. You know, so the next day I was in the gym saying to Frank, you know, bear with me. I'm trying to work out how to focus the camera uh, and, and and record sound and and do all that. But um, so uh, b- before you started doing it, I know you had very little time, and yep. that's probably why it's a good idea to ask you this question. Yep. You go into the gym with this camera. You mm. have spent all night trying to work it out, mm. and you've got a very kind 
subject. Yes. He, he will play play ball with you. Yep. But uh, did you think about what shots you'd take? No. What I, did you I do? was very I, I right from day one. I knew I wanted it to be purely about Frank. I, I knew that. I knew you know the the films that I'm attracted to as an actor. They're typically dramas, and they typically focus on one person. Character. Yep, yeah, just the character and the the internal shifts of that person. So I knew that you know I knew I had a climax. I knew in five weeks from the day I was shooting there would be a world title fight. Well, that's right. You've got a beginning, you a know. middle, and end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well I didn't. I didn't. I, I um, I wasn't sure. I assumed that the world title fight would be the end of the story. Um, and that, and you know when we ha- after the fight, I thought maybe it isn't the end of the story. All, all I knew, I guess, from day one is that in five weeks there will be this huge event and everything will be the lead up to that. And then, you know, I really just focused on um, being on Frank all the time. So there's very little cutaways in the movie. There, there's very little establishing shots of anything. It's primarily watching Frank the, the whole way. Mm. Uh, and uh, did uh, how much... One of the things someone told me about making a documentary when they were learning mm. was that they never shot long enough for the edit. Next time they'd make sure they shot for a longer period of time. Oh, yeah. You know, like within, you know, they shot Frank yep. and uh, and let the camera roll for yep. long enough in order to actually have something to edit with. Okay. Did you have any of those kind of problems? Do you mean within within like a scene or yeah. just the duration of the whole shoot? No, the uh, within a scene. Um, it's really hard because you're uh, all I tried to do was shoot as much footage of him as I could. So I would let the camera go for uh, like long periods of time until literally the battery would run out and I had to change it. But because you're, you know, you're shooting a docu- documentary that's unfolding in front of you, there's whole like minutes and minutes go past where seemingly nothing is happening. And so you kind of freak out a little bit like, uh, I can't do this for 12 hours a day. I can't just focus on a guy and he's just walking around. But then something will happen. You know, you'll be five minutes in and you're watching it thinking nothing is really going on. And then there'll be 10 seconds of something is fantastic or, you know, so, you know, from my point of view, I just, I wasn't even, I was so inexperienced in making a film. I wasn't aware of any of that. Um, I just kept it on him the whole time. But, um, but I, yeah, I, I definitely had enough footage by the end of it to, to make them to make the film. And that was uh, the beauty of having a digital camera, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, you wouldn't be able to do that shooting on film or something like that. It would just be, you know, be impossible. No, because they used to, years ago, they used to shoot 10 minutes and then they'd have to change the role. That's right, yeah. No, the, the, I mean, it's amazing what you can do these days with some of the new cameras. I mean, I mean, honestly, there's, if you're not talking about a, a story with car chases and all sorts of stuff, technical bigger technical things with the technology that's available there isn't anything really stopping you making a movie for very little money if you have a good script and it's simple and um you know with the camera and the sound gear and and it was a good lesson to me in kind of um what can be achieved on very little you know very little financial resources you had a script no no all i all i had was just the knowledge that frank would fight for this world title in five weeks 
you know. So I kind of uh, I'd spoken to the ABC once he got the world title fight. I called the ABC up. I said, "There's this guy. He's a he's a Rocky like character. He's a real underdog. He's fighting for the world title in America. Would you guys be interested in having a look at it?" Um, they wrote me a letter of interest saying yes, they would. I gave that to Film Victoria. Um, after the world title fight, Film Victoria gave me a bit of money to develop a script because they recognised there were some really good story things in the in the fight, uh, in the lead up to the fight. So I sort of I developed the script really after I'd shot. Um, and so that would have helped you, and that would have helped you with the editing. Oh, absolutely! No, I had a ver- by by the time I came to the edit, um, I definitely had a script. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about that because how many hours did you have to play with? I think I had about 75, 80 hours of footage. Right. Okay. Uh, now, yeah. we this particular doco is 51 50, minutes. 51 minutes, yep. That's right. And uh, and it's perfect, I'd have to say. It's, it uh, it uh, gives you the payoff as a, an audience member. Mm-hmm. It's uh, quite uh, uh, local in its conception. And then this, these local working class boys from uh, uh, Glenroy... Glenroy mm go off to America. It's actually quite a special little number, I have to say. Oh, thank you. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. And you're with Annie on Showreel, our dedicated look at Australian film industry, and uh, you're on 3CR. We're talking to Nick Backler about his film Inside Fighter, which is going to be shown at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, which is on on Saturday the 9th of July, 10th of July and the 11th of July at the Howler Art Space. That's 7 to 11 Dawson Street, Brunswick. You can find out more about the tickets on sale from Moshtick at www.moshtick.com.au and you can go to the Documentary Film Festival uh, online. Just look up Melbourne Documentary Film Festival and you will find it. Uh, we're going to hear the last Peter piece of our little chat with Nick in a minute. But um, we've got some giveaways, League of Exotic Dancers, it's going to screen tomorrow at the Westgar Cinema, 7.45pm for arrivals. The film at 8.15pm, double passes, give us a call. You can uh, uh, get, uh, it's a dub- they're double passes, so you can take a friend along, 94198377. You just have to leave your name, it's, and your name will be at the door. It's uh, a drink, Q&A with the film director, and uh, some dances from the Bottoms Up Burlesque School. Sounds like lots of fun. Let's get on with uh, the rest of what Nick has to say about his film. If you want to see Inside Fighter, you'll find that it's on the Saturday, the 9th of July at around 7pm because the screenings run from 12pm to 12am on the three days. So tell me about the uh, editing process. How did you go about keeping the theme and the focus going? Um, it was really, it was re- basically, I shot for five weeks 
then the fight happened. Then after the fight... You shot the fight, didn't you? Um, the well, fight is primarily show, well, show showtime's times footage. footage. That's right. But I had a cameraman. There's a character in the... Uh, there's a guy in the, uh, in the movie called Charlie who Frank... Uh, was friends with, and he was like a mentor character. And in in the lead up to the fight, we met him, and I remember thinking he's a he's a fantastic guy on screen. So when I went to America with Frank and and his mates um, for the for the last week over there, I had a cameraman back here shoot Charlie and his friends watching the fight, so that I could cut their reactions to what was happening. Um, with the Showtime footage. So in actual fact, you did, in your mind, have a preliminary concept yes. of the drama. Yeah, by then I did. I mean, as we would meet these characters along the way, I'm, I'd never met any of them before. But, uh, you know, as soon as I met Charlie, I thought, oh, this guy has to be in the doco. And then during the first scene where um, Charlie is talking to Frank about the fight, he says to Frank, I'm going to get all my mates around here on fight night and we'll watch it. Mm. So I just mentally, or I think I wrote it down, we've got to watch this guy watching the fight. You know, mm. so that kind of that made me think. Um, get get a cameraman to film him watching, which is great, and it was great to have them interspersed. The uh, other thing is uh, there's the elements of uh, the men embracing all those kind of uh, behaviours mm. was really interesting to see because it really develops an understanding of their society, their the way they live and what the way they feel about each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're all tough. You know, they're all genuinely tough guys. So it was really interesting to seeing also the warmth and the kind of um, tactile nature. Like they were often That's touching right. each other and hugging and kissing and, you know, good luck. And it was very warm and um, it was surprising to me, actually, you know, how, how kind of comfortable they were with with that. Yeah, that's right. There's a whole choreography mm. that goes with it. I also quite like the fact that he wore his MUA T-shirt here to stay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a proud. You know, there's a lot of guys that um, that down on the docks that uh, were boxers, follow boxing. You know that that type of thing. That's right. Yeah. So now let's go back to the edit, which was uh, yeah. Yeah. So so basically, um, shot for five weeks after the fight, then it became really interesting to me in terms of what does Frank do now. You know, without getting, giving anything away, I guess in the documentary, there's a there's a real question that he has to answer after that fight. As a person, as a person, does he does he continue fighting? You know, how how does he reconcile uh, with himself what happened in the fight? What does he make that mean? What, and how do the other blokes reconcile it? That's right. You know, how do they feel about about what happened? So, um, so then I shot the so that part of the fight post. Sorry, that. Part of the story, post-fight, I shot over about 18 months. So Frank wasn't around as much. You know, we were in each other's pockets prior to the fight. And then his life went on and so did mine. And, and, then, and then I shot bits and pieces over that period of time. Um, then when I, when I kind of was pretty uh, sure I had an ending, um, then I kind of started really writing out the script you know, like what are the sort of three acts and what what is the central drama and what are the little conflicts that happen along the way. And more importantly to me, where were the internal shifts in him? Because we were on him so much. Um, where were the moments where an audience could see things registering and changing for, for him? You know, so, so basically, yeah, like I, I shot, I guess, for 18 months. Um, and then what did you, you had that ideas in your mind and then you sought the elements within the 75 hours mm. 
that would actually express it that's visually. That's right. That's right. So, you know, initially you've got 75 hours. It's daunting because you have to look through everything. You have to make notes on the bits that might be able to be used. Um, that took months, you know, to, to do that. But um, it was exciting because I could see that, oh, that's a really great part. That's a terrific part, you know. Um, that's fantastic because you're building something. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like doing oh, something look, like this. Oh, look, it's just, uh, it was a revelation to me. It was so, it was just so exciting and, you know, genuinely creative because you, you kind of, uh, you can you're try. You're making all the decisions. Yeah, yeah. It's so different to being an actor. <laughs> you come on and here's your part and we'll worry about the whole thing. Whereas this was... Um, you know, this was a chance for me to, and you know, you can try a scene out here and then it doesn't work. You could, you know, try something else. And, um, it was a bit of a jigsaw, uh, kind of puzzle to put together, but, but I mean, yeah, I loved it. Did you work on individual, individual sequences and then put them together? When I got my, El- uh, when I got my editor, Elodie on board, um, we did a rough assembly. I think actually before we met, I had done a rough assembly, which I'd got the footage down to about four and a half hours. Yep. You know, from the 70, whatever it was. Um, and, I, and I showed that to Elodie. And Elodie's French and uh, she was working in Melbourne at the time. She, she'd never followed boxing or anything like that. But a friend of hers had had a fight recently as a, as a female boxer and had lost. It's and really scary, actually, watching the boxing sequence. It is, yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very brutal, It's eh? brutal, absolutely. You really see the brutality and the cruelty of that sport, you know. And uh, and so so then I showed Elodie the four-and-a-half-hour cut, and I said, look, I don't know how long this doco is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be half an hour or 50 minutes or 90 minutes, or and I don't really care. I, I just want the story to hold up, you know, so I don't want any fat in it. I just want it to be – I want whatever it is holds the audience. So she was hadn't worked in long form documentary before. Um, she was really excited about the challenge, and it, and then it took us a long time to get the four and a half hours down to the fifty minutes. Were there a lot of arguments? Um, there weren't a lot of arguments, but we negotiations. We, oh, there was a lot of negotiations. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Basically. Yep, yep. And uh, and and I think it was great having Elodie on board because she had a great sensitivity and. When she realised Frank is not your typical macho uh, extroverted boxer, she was more interested because she said, oh, this guy's really interesting. You know, he's not mm. what I – he's not – He's very sweet. Yeah, he's I not I love the I, shot where he's eating the chicken so quietly oh, yeah, and then yeah. he says, this is the best chicken I've ever <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. It's a piece of poetry. Yeah, and he's also, he's also starving there because they – you know, to get to the weight oh, that they yeah. fight at, he's so hungry, you know. So that little bit of chicken. Is, you know, eating it very carefully. Yeah. Um, Amazing. And and Elodie was just, because she, you know, because she, she wasn't a boxing fan or anything, she had an eye for what the general public would be fascinated by because they, or someone that didn't know anything about boxing, you know, because I was thinking, oh, yeah, but people will know that, you know. And she said, no, no, they don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know what's happening here. And I no. think, oh, good. You know, so no, she was very helpful, really terrific. Um, we enjoyed working together and uh, we're working on another documentary at the moment. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So uh, you took it off to uh, a festival in France. In Saint-Tropez, yeah. It's called the Saint-Tropez Antipodes Film Festival. It's been running for about 15, 20 years, I think. Um, and it's... It's a festival just for Australian and New Zealand films. So each year I think there's probably a dozen uh, features, half a dozen docos and some shorts, and they play it um, in Saint-Tropez in the, in the south of France just after their summer. 
Uh, it was just fantastic. I mean, we had the film subtitled. Um, it played to a really beautiful. It plays in a lovely old cinema um, in the town square there. Uh, so it was it was great for me to get a sense of what the French would think of this slice of life of Glenroy. You know, it was, and the and the real feeling I got after it was that they hadn't seen this Australia before. And we have to go from that interview because up, coming up next is published or not, they're banging at the doors. Uh, if you want to see Inside Fighter, Friday, July the 9th at the Howler Arts Space and uh, look out for the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. We'll be highlighting some of the films over the next few weeks on Showreel. I'll go out with a bit of Mia Dyson, St Kilda Lament. You've just been listening to a podcast produced at 3CR Community Radio. 2016 marks 40 years that 3CR has been bringing you independent community voices and we're asking you, our listeners, to keep us going for another 40 years by donating to our Radical Radiothon this June 6th to the 19th. This year, we need to make $220,000. So any amount you can afford makes a big difference. Call us on 0394198377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for supporting Community Radio.